Welcome to an inspirational message by Pastor Harold Weiss, Senior Pastor at Little Falls Christian Center. There you are, standing on His promises. It's like, I cannot live. I cannot live without the Word, without prayer, and worship plays such a... I cannot even tell you how, how important it is to me to listen to worship because it takes me to the highest level of nearness to God. I enter His gates with thanksgiving. I give Him thanks. I honor Him. And um, let's say everything is right between me and God. I'm in right standing with God. In other words, I'm in a righteous position. And now I am approaching God, but the one last thing to do that that is like mixed into my prayer life is worship. And so what I do is, and I've got my cell phone on me now, but what I do is I would take the cell phone, put on instrumental worship music, like violin instrumental worship, and then, or instrumental, classic instrumental worship music, that it, it, it just flows as you go along. And you know, you recognize songs, but you're not singing with it because it's like in another beat, in another style, but it doesn't bother you because you hear it in the back. It creates this atmosphere of worship. I need to talk to you about worship. You know, we've got this fabulous band. I love these people. They're like, man, they're like family men. They're like my children. It's a big problem with me. I just love people. I love these, these band members are highly treasured. And so uh, they provide us with worship music. And I'm always talking about how a big role worship plays in connecting. I always talk about connector songs, connecting the people with God. So that's like kind of the final straw after doing everything I possibly can, then dive into some worship and talk in tongues or speak in the spirit and psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart and to the Lord. That's the way to do it. Now, I spoke to you about something mythical, but we're using it for the sake of the illustration, a three-pronged fork of the devil. And I said the one prong represents marriage. I was sitting on the chair just now here at the back on the prayer chair, and I'm thinking, you know, I could go on with marriage for a long time. Funny thing is, I never taught it at Bible school and uh, always left the other guys to do it because there were so many subjects to do. And so I stuck with certain subjects that, that I felt like particularly uh, the prophetic uh, end time studies and, and prayer and Holy Spirit and things like that. And... Um, the, the the subject of when you get to marriage, like well, let's say marriage, divorce, remarriage, all of that stuff. Kenneth Hagin did did one of those courses when I was a student, and then I, I kind of you know let the other other men uh, handle that the Bible school. But today I wanted to talk to you and just make you understand that the wife that you marry to. Let's start this way: the wife you marry to is a jewel. The jewel is right inside her heart. So be sure you keep her heart happy. The husband you marry to is a jewel right inside your heart, his heart, and your heart. Keep yourself happy. 
concentrate on resolving issues rather than trying to be right always. But enough of that because I am going to get into the next one. Now, you'll remember this, I will remind you of because I have to. Three-pronged fork of the devil, and then I saw vision. The one vision, the in this particular vision, I saw this dragon come up out of the sea and spewing this, this poison over the waters of the world, but it was in the east. It was on the, on the coast of China, in the China Sea, the South China Sea. And I just saw this thing come out in a flash and this process beginning of... Uh, all right, now this poison is going out in every direction. Something is going to go and happen very bad to the world. Okay, that was the one thing. After that, I would see more visions, and they are profound, very profound, but they're not connected to this right here. And now the subject slightly differs. And then uh, the other thing I thought, the second thing that to me has become clear, Listening to the pastors that deal with the people constantly, um, they're counseling. Uh, I had a telephone call from my good friend and uh, colleague, Pastor Clive Copal. Now, there's a man that's been, in terms of full-time service years, he's ahead of me, actually. And uh, he just started rolling and he got me going on this old mythical thing of the three-pronged fork of the devil. And uh, he, he, he said, you know what I've seen in all my counseling and all my things and everybody? And he reminded me of incidents that I've had along the road here now since COVID began, where people are, uh, uh, they are, they are caught in these three attacks. The second attack is the attack on your finance, your business, your monthly financials, your personal financials. It is to deprive you of the ability to live life in the way you wish to live life. It doesn't have to be greedy. You know, God supplies, I always say God supplies all of our needs, not all of our greeds. And uh, that to me was the second prong. Clive mentioned it. He says the people going through all these financial difficulties, I thought there's one. And then he spoke about uh, marriages. I said there's number two. And then he spoke because he does it all the time too. He's both of us, between the two of us and our wives, we represent over 100 years of ministry. If we add the years that they all put in, all four of us put in, it's more than 100 years, possibly like, uh, I don't know, it's a lot of years. And you put all this, all this, uh, experience together, you begin to, begin to pick up a pattern, okay? So it's marriage, it's finances, and number three, it's your health. So we're going to get to that. And then the one I want to get to that, man, I got dynamite scriptures here. I mean dynamite, just speak it that way. I'll just say it that way, you know, like nuclear power scriptures on but God. And I started researching that and I thought, oh, the people are going to love this. So then after speaking to Clive, it was the end of it. And then I started with this. Now, here we have the marriage. 
And then we have the finances. Now, you remember I spoke about the two snakes that followed after the first serpent that came out of the sea. There were two serpents. The one was the black mamba. Now, people living in Africa, particularly in Southern Africa and the regions of KwaZulu-Natal, out there, Kruger National Park, and much of South Africa, we have a thing called the black mamba. Africa. This thing, that snake, is highly aggressive, sails like three meters per second, and uh, he comes for you. And I could tell you stories about that thing, but I tell you, those snakes, if they get a bite, they normally take bite, bite, and they're very fast. Bite, bite like that. They do one, two, three bites rapidly in succession, injecting the poison in your system so that death will follow. So then I thought to myself, well, that has got to be the number two that I got to talk to the people about finances. And uh, so I was walking in this week in a shopping mall. Let's say this way, not the only shopping mall. I, my off day, my, my Shabbat, my Sabbath is normally a Monday because on a Monday, I've been working the whole weekend, so somewhere along the day, along the line, I take a day off and I dedicate it to more and say, where do you want to go? Sometimes we would go to one place to another place to a leisure of some sort, or we can go to, maybe she wants to go to a shopping mall, go walk around the shopping mall. And she says, I want to just quickly run in here, wait for me here in the passages. Now I'm walking and I'm thinking, well, it's going to take her maybe 10, 15 minutes where she's going in now. And I'm walking the floor of the internal passage of this shopping mall. And what do I see? I see shops that are closed. What do I see? I see shops that are open, but as I always say, no feet. There are no feet moving in or out. In other words, people are not going there. There are no feet in that shop. So no business happens. They're still open, but there are no feet. And I'm thinking, wow. Then I go, and it's amazing to walk with an observant eye. And then you start getting orientated towards this and realize how many shops have closed, how many did reopen were under another name, how many restaurants have completely caved, how many this, that, the other, and another, and another, I don't think to myself, amidst this, we are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as true as the Lord lives, the Lord is alive. As true as he lives before whom I today stand, actually am seated. I know that the only way, but the only way, the only one that can unblock the wells that the Philistines have closed to Isaac, the only one that can point to those places of resources where water can flow and plants can grow and there could be a harvest to come in. The water is vital necessity out there, particularly in those desert areas. I know them so well. Uh, you know, so I know that if the well runs dry, only one remains. My hope, as I lift up my eyes to the hills, my hope is in the Lord, the possessor of heaven and earth, he does not slumber. He does not sleep. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall rise up on wings as eagles. 
they will fly. They will soar above the storms. So akin to this, I have to say to you, or parallel with this, I have to say to you, as the pressure came on society, so did the pressure of my prayer life increase. Increase, not upon my prayer life, but of my prayer life. In other words, the more I see these things, the harder I pray. The more I pray for the people. Because quite frankly, I must be very honest with you. I don't spend much time praying about myself. I hear of people praying for me, which I'm very grateful, very grateful for, because these are dear fellow soldiers of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I'm seeing a lot of people in severe duress. They are in such trouble. And uh, they've lost jobs. And then I pray. And then I hear, so-and-so has just got another job and his job giving him better perks, a car and a higher salary. And he's beside him or herself. We hear of one case after another case after another case. They lose a job here. They get mistreated here only to walk into a better job. It is the most amazing thing. You know, in the early years, now I say early years, what years? We're talking from about 88. I used to say, actually 86. I used to say to people, you've lost your job. They come to me and say, oh, pastor, I've just lost my job. I say, my response, guess what my response was? Ah, God's reserved a better you see, that's where the but God comes in. God has reserved a better job for you. You're going to walk straight into it. I pray that this month that door be open for you. You will, even in this week, you go out, you're surrounded with favor. They come back and they're jumping with joy. They say, it happened. It happened. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Then, you know, uh, I need to just bring something into perspective because there, there are some things that just don't seem to, the coin does not drop. And it does not drop with lots of people that I've known through my years of serving God. I love the people, but I can see certain things they hear, certain things they don't hear. You know, there's an animal in the Kruger National Park called the kudu. Now, the kudu is known for its beautiful long horns that go out. And uh, it is such a, it's a, it's, a, it's a large antelope with very dainty type of legs, can jump extremely high, six feet above, over six feet, would ju just go right over a bush if there was a predator or something. They can jump those animals, but at the same time have these magnificent sets of horns. But what is noticeable with a kudu, and I've taken countless pictures of them, they got ears that is the size of their entire head. If you look on the picture, you see the head, you see an ear, and you see an ear. Both those ears are the size on the picture of the head. Their, their hearing is so powerful. Now, what is important about it is that they listen selectively. They know the cars. They relax their cars. They kind of shy animals. They prefer to be left alone, but they can relax when they see there's no threat to them. That's what I call the 20-second rule, how to approach wild animals. When you do approach wild animals, how to exactly do it. So they would, they would listen and you see those ears are working. They never stop working in every direction. They turn around in every direction. They're doing what I have called selective hearing. So, or selective listening. 
when they then finally hear something, they respond. Because one twig on the ground, little, little piece of wood that breaks, or a leaf that is dry, that's fallen from a tree, that creaks or cracks under the weight of a predator, just one such item will cause those animals to take off and, well, the predators can forget because they're too fast and they travel too fast, they just away. I find the human being listens selectively also. They listen to this book, this book. This is the foundation, this is the blueprint of creation. This is the blueprint of our moral value system that's in here. Your morality, your integrity, your moral value system is based upon this book here. And so I find that number one is people do not have knowledge of the word. They don't read the Bible. They don't even listen to it on tape. So therefore, their morality is, can I say, arrive, you know, erroneous. It becomes what, what, what the word, again, I come back to the same Hebrew word, iniquity, is the Hebrew word avon, which means twisted. Okay, so their lives are twisted out of shape of what God determined them to actually be on the straight and narrow. In other words, upright. Upright means to walk straight, to walk upright, straight and narrow road. So they, 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 they tend to not know the word of God. They say things. Just yesterday, I was listening to someone telling the story of the Bible completely wrong. And I, th I thought to myself, yeah, all right, okay, carry on. Just go on. Love you in any way because done very innocently and, and very lovingly. And uh, so uh, here, is, here is, if you look at Matthew Chapter number 6, 19. If I dive into this, it says these words. It says, uh, no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and he will love the other, else he will hold on to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. That is an impossibility. Let me go to the New King James translation. It says, you cannot serve God mammon. Let me go to the uh, verse 24 of the new updated Amplified Bible 217. It says, no one can serve two masters for either you will hate the one and love the other or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. In brackets, money, possessions, value, fame, the things of the world, even status, whatever is valued more than the Lord. You, you cannot, and it's amazing how, how it puts it here. It says, let me read that again because it's just that good. You can't serve God and mammon, money, possessions, fame, status, whatever is valued more than the Lord. It does not work that way. Now, what I find if I look at the business world. Um, in the business world, I see people fall so in love with number one, their jobs and with the money that they're making that they forget altogether about 
honoring God with their possessions. They are, there's a situation that happened in the church, in church actually, with a man we talked about 1988, that uh, this, this man walked in church and I said, you know what? Uh, the Lord's going to prosper you. And it's the Lord your God who prospers you that he may establish his covenant with you in the earth. And when that prosperity happens, remember God. He did not. And he went the opposite way. He went like that and he went down after that. Now, I am not talking about tidings here, but I'm just telling you what, what happened there. You can't serve two masters. You can't serve God and Mammon. Mammon is Mammoness, the money devil. Some people have said it's the only place where God puts himself in an equation, on the one hand, or like on a scale, on the one hand, you've got God. On the other hand, you've got Mammoness, which is the money devil. So therefore, he says, I say to you, do not worry about your life. Now, I want to repeat a saying of this morning. The only fear that you ought to have is to have the fear of the Lord. Any other fear is irrelevant. Because if you serve God, full-heartedly, fully, completely. If you serve God, you will find very soon and very quickly that, that um, things begin to work out, regardless of what goes on in the world. So with a COVID that came, I sharpened in to my personal relationship with God, and I did that for the sake of the people. And I continue to do that because I realize that it is critical for my prayers to be answered. And I did everything in my power. I've spoken about that before, but I'll tell you what, I sharpened up in every possible way. Now it says, do not worry about your life. What you'll eat, what you'll drink, about your body, what you'll put on, on it, uh, uh, that you will, what you will put on, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more, of much greater value than what they are? Now, my dear friend, I walk through the shops. I don't see feet in the shops. I know they are hoping that somebody just stop and buy something because there's a budget awaiting. There are overheads waiting. But I also see they don't serve God. And I also see they don't know God. So at every opportunity where I am, at restaurants, wherever I go, I would always identify myself as a servant of the Lord. I do that purposely. Because it opens up the door to see, number one, is this person fully saved or not? How do they respond when they find out who you are? And what do they do? And then I lead them closer or say a little blessing over their lives. And uh, it's, it's been a blessing to me taking every opportunity I can to just give a little bit of a witness of Jesus Christ. Now, you can't serve God and mammon. Um, let, me, let me just give you another little saying. This one I got from Dr. Ralph Neighbor. It's quoted. I quote it under correction. It's not my own quotation, but Dr. Neighbor used to quote more or less something like this. He is no fool who lets go of that which he can't keep to take hold of that which he cannot lose. And 
in the process of such, I used to think, now, what is he actually meaning? Now, I'm talking early days with Dr. Daber. Now, he's about 20 years, he is 20 years older than me plus. He's now 92 years old and still going. And uh, he's no fool who lets go of that which he cannot hold on to, to gain that which he cannot lose. You cannot, listen to me, look in my eyes, right now look in my eyes. You cannot, no matter how hard you try, hold on to gold, silver, and the stuff of this world for the rest of your life, even year after, in the life after death, when you go into all eternity. As you've come into this world naked, so you are going to be leaving this world. And people kill, people murder, people destroy. It's crazy. They're trying to hold on to that which they cannot hold on to. Somewhere along the line, from the richest of the world to the poorest of the world, have to let go. I always think of our Savior, and I think he didn't have much that he accumulated in this world. He had his clothes and that was it. And they even took that away from him during the time of the crucifixion, and they gambled over his clothes to gain that which he cannot lose. So what do I want to gain? that I never, ever, 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 ever want to lose eternal life, eternal life, through faith in Jesus Christ, the Messiah, eternal life. That's what I never want to lose. Create in me a clean heart, O Lord, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Psalm 51, 10, uh, cast me not away from your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit away from me. Wash me in your blood. Cast me not away from your presence. Create in me a clean heart, O Lord, and a steadfast spirit, enduring like that, not up, not down. When comes the day of the Lord, I say unto you, it's the day of the Lord and I'm worshiping God. No matter where I am under what circumstances, God comes first, then comes the day. You understand what I'm saying? Create in me a clean heart, O Lord, renew a steadfast, loyal, a spirit that's unwaveringly connected to God. Always. No place for backsliding now. Backsliding has got no room there. And then he says, cast me not away from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit away from me. That's of one of the prayers. It's one of the prayers I prayed most about my, myself. If I did pray about myself, it was that from King David. That whatever you do, Lord, don't let me ever trespass to the extent that I would lose my own salvation through human error, but my devotion to you will be consistent all these years. And I did, and I saw how at the most unbelievable times he would bless me and he would help me to help people. So the church became a helping church. And so we began feeding the poor clothing the poor. The company called Lego needs to be mentioned because they gave, man, I tell you, I think it's millions of rands worth of Lego toys that are um, 
educational for the children. And so what they do is they, they give it out when they feed the children at the schools and where they, wherever they go. Some of those children come to the school even in holiday time because that's the only time they're going to get a, a meal in 24 hours. They feed them. He's no fool who lets go of those things that he cannot hold on to. The richest of the world or the richest people of the world are not better off than you because they're going out naked. The only thing is the words of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ when he said these words, he said, uh, he said, do not gather for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in or steal. But gather for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and rust does not destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. I set my goal on that and I forgot about riches. Nobody impresses me with money. I'm not impressed with money. I'm not even, I've said it through the years, even now. I don't even know where my purse is, but if there, wherever it is. I never know how much money I've got in my purse. I got cards in there. I've got to always say to Mort, now what is the code again if I use this card? And which card must I use? Because I'm not interested. I have got one interest, and that is to be God's servant and to get the word of the Lord out to you, to bless you. Now remember, your, your wealth, your riches, um, depends on the blessing of the Lord. Let me read you Psalm 112. It says, Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright, in other words, walking the straight and narrow with the Lord, that's what it means in Hebrew, will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house and his righteousness endures forever. Do you know behind me, you've seen many of these, these uh, little uh, things behind this, one here on the table. You know, they were given to me through the years. I've been to Israel 32 times. People give them to me at my birthday. They were just given to me. And they meant so much because this represents the sevenfold flame of the Holy Spirit. May the Holy Spirit be forever close to me. I'm a temple of God. My body is consecrated to Him. Before Him, I live and move and have my being. So how can I fall in money and in love with money? The, 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 the thing that perhaps I need to say is that the, Maud's got a, a thing called a financial debt snowball. How to snowball yourself out of debt. We got hold of that in Pigeon Forge in uh, uh, Tennessee out there in the United States. I looked for a book. I got this little book, The Debt Snowball and How to Get Out of Debt to help the people. Maybe she can do that next week and she can give you a little bit of information because it works like a bomb to get people out of financial trouble. Secondly, pray over it. Listen not selectively, but listen to everything I say. Because knowledge, watch this one now. Knowledge of the Lord is what? Understanding. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Knowledge of the Lord is understanding. Knowledge of the Lord is what? You know what the Hebrew word there is for understanding? Intelligence. 
intelligence is what it means. If you have understanding, why I always say to people, when you do something, make sure you hear it right, you interpret it correctly, and then according to that, now with understanding, God has given you understanding, you have the intellectual capacity to get out of the trouble. You know what? It's like with the Lord's help, there's always going to be a door open. So I got to be careful. I got a budget. I can't just go out there spending. Maud does everything. When it comes to finances, it's long time departed from me. She doesn't, she should actually be doing the session. It's like, okay, um, be wise with what you do in even in business, I've seen the people in business make such devastating mistakes. I've seen millionaires become broke overnight. They come crying to me, but they've lost it all. Never put the love of that stuff above that which you cannot lose. Because that which you cannot lose is the Almighty God, if you serve Him, if you're faithful to Him. I would like more to just, even in the beginning of the next service, when we do it next Sunday, just to give you the, the debt snowball to help those of you who are struggling financially. Whether it may be rich or whether it may be poor, whether it may be old, whether it may be young. For me, it's always what I do with my money to the glory of God. How I serve the Lord with what He places at my disposal. Because it is His and I am, like David said to them when, when David gave uh, charge to Solomon to build the temple, he says, he made a prayer and he said, Lord, now we're giving you what we've received from you, what is really yours. And when you do that, then God takes over and God begins to bless you. Forthright, right there, your life begins to change. And funny enough, I don't, I, I'll close with this. Before I came into full-time ministry, I was at university and then I worked while at university and I became uh, the uh, administrative manager in the old SABC of the Regional Services Radio 5. Got the card here somewhere, it's in my purse. I can show you a little card. And my function was budget, money. I worked with money all the time and with accounts all the time. But the day God took me, out of my life, gave it over to Maud, don't want to know about it. I have to focus on hearing from him to tell you and to help you to get on your feet. Now listen, never give up because he will, as true as God lives before whom I stand, I say to you now, in your most difficult hour, he will show up with power and he'll help you out of it. He'll give you understanding nothing has ever happened to you that is not common to man but with every attack of the enemy when the devil's prong comes to your finances god has already planned a way out that's why i say but god but we'll get to that and for now i love you father i pray for these people i know that people go through financial difficulties some have plenty that's fine that's good I give glory, and my word to them would be give glory to God and be faithful to God in whatever way. But at the same time, I pray for those who've 
of the people who are really struggling through the woods and the mud and the difficult times, that, Lord, you would just bless them financially and give them understanding to know what to do. Help them to know how to do their budgets. I had to do it once before I continued with my studies, and it was my job to do finances. But I know one thing, money is dead, but God is alive. I praise you, Lord. Bless your people financially. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.